Hello and broadcasting from the beautiful central coast of Sorry California. For the it's the Doctor Death Danger Radio Show. To my poor host, I'm waiting to get to the show. To just even right now setting up to record this show. I'm sorry. Antoy number one fan, Deanne. Happy belated birthday. It was your birthday earlier this week, right? It was, right? I'm not laughing. Not talking to me. We'll do that. How's it going, listeners? Welcome to another episode of the Triple D Radio Show with your host and boys, James and Edward. And before I even bring in my hosts, remember, listeners, to anyone that actually fucking reads, we have timestamps in the description. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You'd be surprised on how much people don't fucking read. I can go on a quick story on that, but before I do that, let's introduce good host Ed. Ed, what's good with you? Damn, Ed's just oh hey, well, sorry. It's just it took three hours to set up, and then yeah, oh shit, and then you know, and then and then you could story about reading. Hey everybody, I'm Edward. What's up? We missed you guys. We, Welcome back to my mom's hey, favorite I podcast. You, I missed you too, bro. Sick. Welcome back to my mom's favorite podcast. Damn right. Welcome back to probably Mr. Hot or Not Jake Bone Steel's least favorite podcast. Honestly, let's be real. All right, least favorite podcast. Podcast that freaking Mr. Hot or Not has to participate in. Yeah, <laughs> I think this is the only podcast he participates in. So yeah, my ramblings prior about people not fucking reading. <laughs> I just Is this a Dylan story? No, this is literally so at work, uh I work for an internet provider company. You sure do. And we have a street slash neighborhood that we're actually installing fiber lines that get people fiber internet to. We've been working on. And there was one day they made me go out and put door hangers on all the doors on the street. Don't it wasn't too bad. Okay. You'd be shocked to know how many people were literally working and a bunch of people walk out going, what are you doing? Huh? Wait, we're getting fiber internet? Really? Like a week after I went to each and fucking every house to throw up goddamn <laughs> door hangers to tell them, hey, fiber internet's coming in your, coming into your area. Sign up now so we can get so we can get you guys going. Nah, what's up, fucking Reed? Hey, there's also a giant fucking banner at the end of the damn street that says fiber internet coming into your neighborhood. Still, people go like, nah. Hey, what are you doing? Oh, what? And I'm like, sitting there, it's like, don't the people read? And it's like, you'd be shocked at how much people don't fucking read shit. I'm like, damn. That fucking is annoying. That has to be annoying considering you spent all that time putting the stuff up in the first place anyway. Ah, that was an easy fucking, like, that was easy work. I don't care. <laughs> okay. Anytime I don't have to do stressful work, I am perfectly O-A-okay. Understand. I feel the same way. I'm just saying. I feel the same way. A good host, Ed. How you been? Oh, not too bad. Just uh, doing the college thing and... Uh, yeah, how's been, how's, yeah, how's college? Um, it was good, college boy. It's uh, 
Well, midterms. Yeah, you're out there getting an education, aren't you? Yeah, what's yeah. good with those midterms? Uh, they're being midterms. And, uh, well, they're school, pretty mid? School wraps up here in about eight-ish weeks, so, you know. Uh, but the grades are good. I've got A's and everything, some freaking how. And, uh, yeah, things are going good. Oh, shit, that's right. I... T- this happened, I think, in between the uh, our last podcast and this. But did I get a chance to tell the podcast um, that uh, that I'm leaving next year? I don't know. You would have to go listen to the last podcast. Yeah, the the, so the, yeah, the one next... talking about Marty Janetti. Yeah, I don't think we talked about that. So yeah, no, good host Ed is leaving next year. But don't worry, we'll still try a podcast. Oh, we'll we just, will. Hey, have you ever heard those? Listen to those episodes where we just kind of did it over the phone. Yeah, it'll just be more of that. I'm trying. I'm gonna try I'm to just say unless gonna... Ed researches a way to actually like set up. Well, I have a power source and my own mic and cables. The only thing is, I probably I won't be able to take my tower with me. So I'll have to try to run that shit through a laptop if I can get a laptop. So yeah. So that'll be that'll be fun. I mean, but if honestly, realistically, I don't think that much is going to change for the format of the show because, like, it's not like we don't already have gaps in between episodes, fucking anyway, guys. Hey, we've been very busy, okay. Mostly you. Like Mostly I've been me. busy. I have been busy. Mostly me. But it's like a somewhere between sixty-five and, and eighty-five percent. Like, sitting there, I was like, you know, what? I got free time, and I'm like, oh, I can like sit there and cram to do podcasts. Hey, when do you want a podcast? Well, not tomorrow. I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess fool on me for not getting to you a little earlier on like actually setting up time. It was fine. I mean, today's been a good day to podcast. It's just that, you know, there's just been a couple holdups. And I don't know if you guys can hear, but there's a particularly loud band. Yeah, dude, we got this fucking us. like jam heavy metal band going on in the fucking background. We're not sure. We don't. And that's the first time, bro. We've had it. Remember when we had Exhum? Playing in the background. Yeah, was that during Rock of Love days, or was that was that after we finished? I don't know. Okay, it was Rock of Love days because I made a very chaotic fucking episode cover. That's right. Okay. Well, all our covers are pretty good. Are, yeah, are pretty but I chaotic. mean, like this was a chaotic one. I miss the days when you used to Photoshop the Pit Vipers on everything. Well, unfortunately, I do not deal with it yeah you don't even have a good reason you just don't anymore you yeah. don't even don't want to you just don't yeah i just don't <laughs> all right i was kind of hoping that'd be our hallmark well too bad no <laughs> now the only hallmark is our voices how dare a podcast be the hallmark of our voices so any stories you want to tell for the podcast for this uh cold open no nah, i don't really i honestly really don't have much i just saw a good fr- i just saw mr hot or not and good friend thomas sweet tea the good sweet uh, tea last week as of recording so that was cool we saw baby clock and death metal and the lowest of keys high key baby metal was kind of was just a, was almost a little bit sicker than death clock but yeah. Death Clock did have Gene Hogan with them, so I finally got to see him live. Yeah, that's so sick. That, so that was cool, you know, for the music nerd in me. I was like, music I'm like, nerd. I'm like, you've played with Chuck Schuldenier and Devin Townsend. You're a co-. and I think one of the did he play in Dark Angel? Yes. Okay, that was the first band. Yeah, that's right. Because I knew he played in one well, of the first notable band. I uh, well, actually, I should have known that because I knew he didn't play in Death Angel and I knew he didn't play in Morbid Angel. Those are the only a- angel bands in metal that matter. Despite Thomas trying to tell me that uh, that Angel Witch is a good band. Yeah, 
<laughs> anyway, but yeah, no. Uh, any stories you want to tell the people? So I actually thought of a podcast. Besides that, story. people can't read. It's like obvious. Fucking people can't read. You know what? My work can be a little finicky sometimes. Sometimes I can walk away and actually have stories. Not sure what it you sounds like. You'd be shocked like. sometimes when being an internet working in an internet provider company. You might have some stories. So this actually also plays with a story that I myself sometimes play in a band, and I get committed to do some shows, which you sometimes sure takes do. me away from like. Free time to do a podcast. It sure does. I'm James. sorry, Deanne. I'm sorry, Deanne. Sorry, Mom. I get. It. I'm sorry, Mr. Hot or not. We can't put you on the show on a weekly basis. Yeah. I'm sorry. All right. I'm sorry. Boyfriend of the year. But Mr. Yeah, I can tell you what I'm not sorry for. This one bald fucker named Dennis. <laughs> so I had a show I was playing. Actually, it was a weekend. Dennis. I had to do two shows back to back. I have a band. Where I don't play drums in. It's called Typewriter. Yeah. I do some vocals. It's just some... You're the singer. <laughs> yeah, it's just some hardcore punk. The night prior, I I had to play two shows in a row. The night prior, I actually played with this, like, noise... I don't know, some, like, noise... But band. The band's vocalist was Jordan Peterson, I think, and that's the fucking basis of, like, Locust, and he's done, like, a million other fucking bands. Jordan Peterson, like, the guy? Like, yeah. Like, the... The, the old man on Twitter. I don't know if it's Jordan Peterson uh, or it's Justin Peterson. I'm pretty. It's probably Justin. It might be Justin Peterson. I cannot have a hard. I have a hard time remembering his name because I'm not a nerd for the Locust or That's a nerd true. for his band Def Club. Which I'm not a fan of like these noisy converge like style math rocky like bands to listen on the regular. But it was a pretty fun set, kicking back and watching. That was actually a fun set, too, where me and my bandmates all threw on Luchador masks. I, myself, the classy lad I am, brought an El San- bought an El Santos mask. Hell it's yeah. It's hanging up right behind you. I ripped that shit, so it's not really wearable again. I had a, I Not going like, to lie, bro. That goes hard. The Mexican in me is doing backflips right I'm now. I'm just saying, like, I, at first I was going to do El Parca, but then we were oh, talking about Oh, dude, you love it. La Parca. Yeah, but then, like... My guitar player suggested my drummer to be like Blue Demon Jr. I'm like, whoa, if we're going classic. Oh, dude. I had to go El If Santo. someone's bringing out El, uh, Blue Demon, you got to bring out El Santo. And that's what I did. And yeah, no, I ripped that mask like third song before like like third to last song or so to make it seem like I went through Lucha Warfare. Hell yeah, dog. You'd be shocked to know how, how much we should we will. should we should throw on it. We should do an El Santo movie for the podcast. You ever watched any of them? They're no. so terrible. I bet they are. Him and Blue Demon are usually just like regular guys or something with like I don't know office jobs, and then they like wrestle people. It's but there's like plots with demons sometimes. It's weird. Yeah, I don't know why. I think they were just fun movies for the children. Yes, to, to digest. They're Superman. But the next day, I didn't play a show at this fucking one spot that's kind of ran by these like. 2000s hardcore parents and our usual guy that like kind of helps manage the spot he's off on tour in Europe right now with his like band called Change they're a straight edge band they used to be called Champion which I think was a good size straight edge band I'm not a straight edge nerd no. I don't care but the my main man Chris he's a chill dude you are a straight edge with- nerd but you're not a nerd for straight edge no I'm not but fucking there. But so instead he had his homie Dennis running anything and that was a day I had to also work too. I had to play a show the night prior, and then the next day I had to find myself in work. And already I was like doing okay that day. I got to my like last job that was set up, and while I was there, it was on debate 
if I need to replace on the antenna. Then I get word that one of our tower sites needs assistance, which those are usually emergency need to. So I'm like, well, fuck, I'm going to be held up at work. So I'm going to be arriving late to the show, which I eventually told them about that. And fucking supposedly this motherfucker that was like had to manage that show that evening, Dennis, got a little belated. Unfortunately for me, when I got to the tower site, I just had to figure out why this, why one of the people on the property aren't getting internet. Right. I eventually found out there's an electricity issue and our site went down. So what went from one person to like a couple hundred people? Oh, shit. And I had to figure out what to fucking do. Luckily, I had to run an extension cord and tell like the owner of the spot, hey, you're going to need to get an electrician out here. But I got... I basically got there what I could do. The only thing I couldn't save was some outdoor Wi-Fi. Okay. Because there was no electricity to the power on the outdoor wireless access point. But I got customers back up, and I got the people on site, the like owners of the property, their internet back up. Obviously, I had to be late. That held me up at work, so I had to arrive to the show late and stuff. And I was hearing that motherfucker was all belated that I was arriving late. Obviously, you know, my job saving people's internet, my whole priority to playing some kickback show I would think with a so. bunch of fucking hard, 2000 hardcore parents with a band <laughs> from the 2000s for them to get down and us young people to not give too much fucks about. I would there assume so. There were fine so. bands. But I'm just saying, this motherfucker was all belated. And I also then heard my friggin' like I heard my bass player had to like talk him down, calm him down, because it's just like he was all belated. And also, the, like the band before us, like they were hoping for me to bring the bass amp for them to use. But unfortunately, you know, I have a work life. And sometimes, like in this situation, when I'm the only person on staff, I think I'm the, I, I have to take priority. That's a couple of so uh, Here's the thing I wasn't late to our set. I made sure I got there right before I set. I didn't hold the show back or anything. Well, that's good. But I heard, like, dude, that, dude, that guy was butthurt at everything. Like, when I brought in my own, like, drum hardware to just, like, take the stands off the kit and throw in our stands, he's like, why are you doing that? Could you just put the cymbals on? I'm like, this is a lot more easier setup for the drummer. And it doesn't take as much time either. It's literally it's like, move this stuff over. Hey, the next band, if they're using these stands, can throw their shit on. So it can be a quicker, like... Set up for them. Whatever. I don't know why people don't do that sometimes. But either way, I was doing that. And he, this homie was getting butthurt at every little I'll thing. say, at that point, he, it looks like he's just looking for things to nitpick. He was just about. being nitpicky and just being that guy. Yeah. He's just like, ew, why all this late, too? And I'm just like, as a, I heard he was, like, bitching about it and stuff. I'm like, fuck you. I don't give a fuck. I had customers. Did he say same. anything to you? No, he didn't. I just heard about it. Tells me what hey, I need to know like, about that guy. Here's the I just showed up and I got I hammered on our shit. I didn't fuck around. So I didn't fuck around. Isn't that isn't that all he can ask for? It's like, hey, I'm gonna be late, but you still showed up on time anyway and didn't hold the show up. No, yeah, I know. I don't think I didn't think this motherfucker has done much shows and he <laughs> whatever, gets stressed dude. out easy. Yeah, that's one of those guys where you hear about shit like that and it's just like whatever, dude. Whatever you hey, is this is he can take his dumb bald ass head and go fuck <laughs> off somewhere else. That was some fun escalating situations you found yourself in. I'm just saying, it was like one of those evenings and like Dennis could go fuck off and stuff. <laughs> I'm just saying. 
All right. I think that's my only story for the podcast. It's Motherfucker Dave Dedda. So I played my set. He was even getting like annoyed because like my guitar player has a unique setup. He he brings in two combo amps and stack them on top of each other to at least project enough noise. But obviously he needs to mic it sometimes. Yeah. But he has like a foot switch setup. And at first he's like, why are you doing that? Why don't you just get an actual amp? But then when he actually hears his plays and he's switching through various tones, he's like, man, what a cool setup. It was like, yeah, homie, homie was bitching about our shit and then started dick riding us when we were like, our set was done. I swear. It's a, what a flake. I swear. This bald and like nerd. This bald geek. Well, either way. Let's get in the motherfucking hot or not. Yeah. That's hot. That's hot. Alright, so anyone that's just coming in with the timestamps, you know what time it is. It's for motherfucking hot or not. So um, Mr. Hot or not, making sure he gets record I have the record button on for him. Yeah. Mr. Hot or not, what do you have? Sorry, it's taking me a minute to pull it up. A little laggy, but Mr. Hot or not. Rewind. What do you have for us on this lovely week of this episode of this podcast? You guys are so lucky that I care about this podcast more than Dylan cares about Toxic Wizard. Because here's the deal. We just got through the most hellacious bullshit fucking... Pause. I have to pause? I have to pause? I'm like... I was thinking too, I'm like, Jake, do you understand the, 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 what that statement means? I'm just saying, Jake, you put in way more effort... And doing this podcast, then partake person actually practicing for their band. He wasn't even part of the. That's twofold because Jake wasn't even originally part of this podcast until like what halfway through year two. And second, he didn't start putting in that much effort until he'd already been doing Hot or Not for about a year or I'm, close to it. So you know, I'm just saying, Jake, you do a good job, and I'm just saying, you put in a lot more effort than you think. So well, compared on that statement, I'm just saying. So glad Dylan doesn't listen to our show. ...move of my life, and I have moved probably 30 times, and that's not even an exaggeration. I thought it was like 20. And this takes the cake, and James was there when we moved to Orange County the first time and how much that sucked. This was even worse, and you know what sucks even more? I think I might try to break the lease and just not live here because this apartment is like, don't get me wrong, it's nice, but there's a lot of fucking problems. And for how much money it is and the first impression we got, we literally, they made us like unpack all of our shit from our truck and just leave it like basically outside. Thousands of dollars worth of like guitars and gear and all that. They're just, they're just like, yeah, sorry, like we can't move you in right now, but you need to like, you can't have the truck, but it's a whole thing. Anyways, but fuck them. We're in day. the apartment now, and uh, that's that's what's happening. Uh, this is not. I I know you guys did not ask for this hot or not, but I'm just. Or, for, this is a hot or not, but I'm just dropping this therapy session on you because fucking a. That it's a podcast. Sucks so much, and I've been. I got three hours of sleep uh, two nights ago, and then last night. I just barely could even sleep because we we had to stop moving at five a.m. and then they forced us to stop. Then we couldn't start again until, you know, like eight or whatever. It's just been brutal. And so 
my lovely, helpful girlfriend that I'm such a good boyfriend Aww. for, like, therefore. Best boyfriend, Bonesteel. And vice Bones versa, Steel. she's Best watching Rita right Angel now, so thank pie, God. Mr. Bonesteel. She's got me there. But, like, yeah, this fucking sucks so much. I'm glad to be back in L.A. I'm very glad about that. Are you? This apartment I don't think is, he is pissing me off. Anyways, hot or not, okay. <sighs> I'm trying to keep my streak. I am trying to keep my streak, but I'm so absent-minded. By the way, I have to go to Las Vegas tomorrow for a fucking show, and my back feels like... What the fuck are you doing in Vegas? What's he doing in Vegas? Fucking, I don't know. It just doesn't... It's just fucked up. Uh, anyways, um, so this week's hot or not. Uh, I'm so scatterbrained that as much as I'm trying to keep my streak alive... I don't know about it this week, uh, but so maybe you'll take pity upon me. Maybe you'll take pity and you'll be like, wow, Bone Steel actually found a very underground, like, you know, a, a small time artist who's doing something unique and he's so tired and his sexy back is broke and he moved to a too expensive, apartment. doesn't have enough amenities. It doesn't even have a freaking water filter in the refrigerator and he can't fit his bidet on the god dang toilet because it's the yeah wrong man that's upper shit. class shit dog Ugh. anyways so hopefully you give me some uh so give me some leniency here come on the people want the people want a hot or not streak and i and i i fucking earned it i deserve it <sighs> not this if you didn't bang the wrestling song dear god they're like a 22 year old producer and they basically mix like hardcore and industrial so all right got a little james got a little edward in it with rap and some other stuff honestly it's pretty unique like you know it's it's you'll hear it uh i think it's pretty fresh and he doesn't have that many like followers and i think he has like twenty thousand monthly listeners so nothing huge um and i found this song it popped up on my discover weekly like maybe a few months ago um, but the line that sticks in my head or whatever, listen for this in the song. It's part of the song. And I, I just can't get it out of my head every time I hear it and all that stuff. It's hardcore this, hardcore that. Suck my dick. How about that? And literally, I think <laughs> of that quote like every three days. So anyways, uh, here is Dear God. And here is the track. And all I have to say is hardcore this, hardcore that. Suck my dick. How about that? This apartment is pissing me the fuck off and I'm about to go take a nap. How about that? I'm a very good trying to be a very nice present boyfriend. How about that? Here's your hot or not for the week. How about that? How about that? I'm I'm really glad he felt the need that, that he felt that, that needed to be four minutes. Yep. Four minutes of like moving sucks. You know, I, I also <laughs> got an apartment that, you know. Yeah, I would feel if you're looking for an apartment, you should put a lot of time. Here's lot the thing. Time here's the it. thing, Jake. You probably didn't even need to beg us because ever since you got a girlfriend, James is so happy for you. He's like, "Oh, bro, I hope we don't hear from Bone Steel for a while." He was blowing up our wrestling group chat too much. What's I'm like, it? I like socializing with Jake. It's like, nah, fuck us, bro. He needs, he needs to go be a good, sweet boyfriend. So you know what? James might give it a hot because he's happy that you have a life now again ain't that awesome <laughs> so let's pull up the track weaponize this as i gotta go on the spotify link you know every time i see jake he always feels the need to t tell talk to me about how punk rock he is about how he's so much more punk rock than you and i'm like jake 
Why are you telling? Go tell him. Is that and really how and homie he, was like and he, and on like, your visit? Just like I'm so much more punk. It's not like he is, but he he brings it up every now and I'm like and I'm like Jake, bring it up to James. That's he's the one you're beefing. He's like I'm just saying I'm just so punk. I'm like no Jake. I'm like you know you can't bring it up to James because he's not going to give you what you want. You tell James you're so much more punk than him. He's just going to go all right, cool, bo- like, cool bone steel. I'll just be like ha. Huh. Nice. Yeah, it's like you won't go back and forth with him, and I think it's starting to affect him. <laughs> so the track weaponized this by Dear God. Look at this cover. Explain it. Explain what you see. Ah, uh, fuck. You know, you need that microphone in your face. The- well, everybody, the cover is a skeleton holding a scythe in front of a stormy night with lightning and a chain around his arm flipping us off. With tribal tattoo frame. With tribal... Oh my god! This is terrible. It's like if Cold Chamber's art direction took a shit. Well, let's check it out. Let's check this. Weaponize this. Hardcore this, hardcore that. Suck me. How about... This guy sounds like Jake. I've heard music like this off and on. Um, I think I've played a couple songs by bands like this for like you. There <laughs> oh, we go. It feels like if KMFDM had a love child with sick puppy. Yeah. Oh, I hear some wubs. Well, I'm actually pretty invested into the song. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, when a lot of people say, ooh, industrial, I'm like, okay, whatever. But I got to give them credit. This actually sounds like some proper industrial with the drums. Or it could be hardcore in the electronic genre sense. True. By the way, I, I was wrong. This, Not- hardcore, that. Suck my dick. How, How about, about that? that? The truth is, because I remember back in the day when, uh, when Stone Cold, uh, I forgot the lyrics already. Truth. <laughs> By the way, I was wrong. I, I, I was wrong. It's not Sick Puppy in KMFDM. It's Lust Sick Puppy in KMFDM. That's why I forgot. Oh, okay. You know, between our voices in my ears and the song. And the, and the band next to us. Not gonna lie, I'm feeling just a little overstimulated right now. You know what I mean? And I'm getting hungry. We'll deal with it. <laughs> what is that? This? Ooh, this break is nice. He just needs some guitar. Like dead ass, this could be a static X song. You know what? 
Is the streak alive? Because I'm telling you, I think I'm going to give it a hot. I actually kind of enjoy that song. That was pretty good. Plus the pity party. Plus pity party. Like pity party bones. Yeah, we're, yeah. It's a pity party for Jake having a normal life. Yo, yo pity party, hot or not guy. Not getting in the bar, man. Mr. Pity Party. Jake I was like, Bonestick. you know what? That was a fun song. You know what? And my mom's still you not. You know good. what? <laughs> Do every like homie will fight more for a hot than actually finding a good proper apartment. So I'll give you a hot. How about that? He puts more effort into hot or not than he Homie literally said, I was like, I'm going to break the lease. Fuck this. Which, spot. by the way, uh, I don't know if I remember if I even said it on camera, but uh, when I was up there, I saw him last week. He was still looking for apartments. Yeah, their move-in day was uh, two days ago, and he was looking for apartments around seven to nine days ago. So, yeah, that's the kind of... He put more effort into, the, into these hot or not streak than finding his apartment. So either way... Good job, Mr. Hot or Not. The streak is alive. I can't wait for the next one. Maybe, maybe. Maybe. Maybe a streak might Let's be broken. Let's go for the five time. Five time. Five time. Five time. Five time. Hot or Not. Uh, hot streak. I thought this was the fifth one. I thought this was the fourth one. I thought this was the fifth one. What was the other one? What was the other one? Okay, 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 okay. We got to think. We got to think. Because the only ones I remember giving. So is this one. Yeah. The wrestling one last wrestling week. wrestling one. You know, it's been a couple episodes. <laughs> Just saying, <sighs> we're so good at this podcast. Shit, Did you say dude. no to like, n- like, like that, like the Bam Margera? I song? said no to the Bam Margera one, and I was. But actually, then the one after, I was actually offended that you liked that. But then I think the one after, though. No, that's what I'm saying. Everyone after. So when did we do the Bam Margera one? You know what? <laughs> How about we slow things down? We do a good stop to get ready for the classic album the review. CAR, yeah. And then maybe we come back with the answers to these questions. Oh, sure. So listeners, give us a quick second. <laughs> All right. So anyone that's just hopping in from the timestamps or just continuing listening, thank you. It's now time for the classic album review. So, my dude. Yeah. What do we listen to this week? We listen to a shitload of Congos. And bongos. Yeah. So the name of the record is, um, well, the name of the artist is Sabu. I forgot to write the name of the record. It's Palo Congo. Palo Congo. Palo Congo. Okay. So yeah, this is, um, this was, this was a record. I guess that's all I got on it. Yeah. It's a record. I tried to look up some history and it's like, yeah, this was his first record. All right. Uh, the main guy's Puerto Rican. All right. And we needed to hear this before we died. Okay, so I'm ki- so if this was one of those moments of first like actual recorded audio or early versions of recorded audio or like recorded audio from like that wasn't Elvis. 1957. Sure. <laughs> it definitely sounds uh, different than anything else you would have heard at least in ma- in mainstream. This America. could be yeah. This could be also one of those things like an actual album session done. But the actual significance, I kind of don't know. Do you remember what the fucking book said? I Okay, I could be totally wrong. I thought it said something to the effect of this was one of the first times that music like this had been officially recorded. Or it was like the first time that it got recorded in like not a mainstream, but in like a big deal sense in America. Because mm. this did make the rounds in America. 
I'm sure a couple tracks did. A couple. So let's just say that is a reason. Yeah. Why this album has significance. But other than that, let's talk about it. What you think of the first song? So the first song here called um, uh, El, El Cumbachero. Gotta say, first off, I... What's up? I gotta say, first off, I'm impressed by the production. This came out in 1957. It sounds like it was from, like, 1967. Which, yeah, yeah it's still old, but it doesn't sound like it's from the 50s. That's my point. I don't know what much on production you need pointing a mic at, like, Congos and Bongos. It's I don't know how much you need to throw up some fucking... Mi you need to, like, get a MIDI pad going. Getting <laughs> triggers on those. I don't know how much production you really oh need to get. Oh, my God. It sounds nice, you asshole. That's the point. That's all I'm saying. It sounds nice. It's fun and frantic. There's not a whole much to say. What you hear is what it is. I gave it a solid six because, you know, there's nothing, there's nothing like, bad about it. It's not too boring yet because it's the first song. I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. Six out of ten. Sick. So, for me, I just wrote down... Yeah, there's just some background tunes. Yeah. Not much I can really get significance on. It sounds good. But at the same time, you just feel like, hey, I'm at like Club Cabana or whatever spot. I'm grabbing a like way too priced dinner and drinks yeah. on a hot date. And there could be dudes just in the background just playing this. I'm just sick. I feel like that's the significance I would hear with this music. The music reminded me of some of the background music you hear in Adventureland. Yeah. <laughs> Adventureland or? Yeah, Adventureland. Yeah. Well, it wouldn't be Frontierland. Yeah, not Frontierland. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm thinking of California Park on like. Oh, are you thinking of the, uh, like the, the nature area? Not nature, kind of like the Mexican restaurant area. Oh, that area, yeah. Yeah, they play this around there sometimes too, sure. Or just say you're in like. What will land? Adventureland? Yeah. Sorry, I had a yeah. trip. I was like brain farting. <laughs> it's basically great background music. Yeah, it's good background music. But I don't know if I can like give it more than a six out of 10. I'm just saying. Like, yeah. I'm just saying. Maybe this album just has more significance of like production than actual mu like songwriting or some sense of cultural value sure this is the song we sampled so last week this one this one's called Biumba Palo Congo Biumba Palo Congo yes you said it better I'll say this because he does this for a bit before the music starts yes this guy has energy and yes. passion Oh, he's going hard for this metal riffage. I hope this guy's telling this band to shut the fuck up. Not gonna lie, this song uh, this song goes kind of hard. It's a real foot stomper. And I wrote here, this dude spits shit out faster than most rappers. Six out of ten. I was like, bro, this is gonna be a terrible review. <laughs> I can tell you going on about like this album, but yeah, this is this is a good background tunes, and I just feel like homies just trying to have a conversation with someone. It sounds like it. I was giving a six out of ten, but then I start cracking joke that homies trying to tell this band next door to shut the fuck up. So I'll give it a high six out of ten. Why not? Let's just say. 
this is I was worried how we were I was literally thinking to myself fuck how are we gonna make this review interesting so song three what's it called uh Choferita Plena this is a real hip swayer booty shaker with some smexy guitar work high key the guitar saves the song I gave this one pretty high six out of ten so for me yeah, this felt like an actual normal song. I thought so too. Let's be real. Other than just bongos, go it off. Yeah, this felt like a normal and song. And non discriminate shouting. Like, it's totally like 6 out of 10. Yeah. But I feel like the more as we're reviewing it and I'm awkwardly trying to stare at you and shake my shoulders. And I'm yeah, like, what? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, hmm. Maybe, the, maybe this album is a lot better when you're hanging with someone and talking about it yeah. instead of going on like a good nature hike trying to do all your music reviews. Actually, I would have figured this music would have been good for the nature hike. No, because I started, like, times forgetting I was listening to it. Either way, let's go on to song four. Song four. What's this one called? Asabache, or as I wrote here... Asabache? Or as I wrote here in my notes at Asa first... I thought it was Ass Beach. You Ass Beach? This felt like an interlude that, like... Okay, so my notes here at the time... This felt like an interlude that felt like filler on an eight-track record. Five out of ten. And I wrote here, because I looked up, uh, I looked it up. This record had no less than five different Congo players. What the fuck are you doing? You know, I'm just doing shit. Oh, yeah, you're I'm feeling just the rhythm, dog. Yeah, I know. I just wrote down, yeah, this was just people vibing on bongos and congos. Six out of ten. Oh, wow. You like the record more than me, dude. Oh, wow. All right, next song. Simba. And we're not talking about the Lion King. Calm down, Jake and the Furries. Uh, so once I got into this song, it was all right. I like the different elements in it than past songs, but you know what? I didn't love it. I gave this one a high five at the time. I can tell you about this song. Yeah. This is, remember how? Oh, yeah. Remember how it was difficult to listening to some of these songs because you just keep forgetting you were listening to the songs. You said that, yeah. Here's my review. I swear to God, I missed this song. I knew it was gonna happen. I knew it was gonna happen. I'm like, no rating. I, I, and like, I'm just saying. I was just sitting there. I'm like, yeah, I don't feel like going back. But yeah, I just totally missed this song. On to the next one. Like, why is there? A, why is there a whistle? There just was. What you know about a whistle in the bongos and the congos? I guess I don't. So this song is called Rhapsodia del Maravillosa. So compared to some of the last ones, this song kind of like... Osa? I thought it was Oso. I wrote Osa. Yeah, but I have it in front of me. It ends with an O, not with an A. Well, I'm not Puerto Rican, but I am a Mexican, so I feel like... Yeah, you're definitely not Puerto Rican. No, um, yeah, I'm I'm not not hairy enough. Actually, because of the Armenian genetics, I am. But anyway, this song kind of comes out of nowhere. It's a breath of fresh air. High 6 out of 10. Low key, this might be the best song on the record. Oh, so now my insight for review. Hey, remember the last song? James, I swear, no. You can't, you can't, there's no way you spaced out for two in a row. Oh, I spaced out for two in a it's row. It's just you and nature. Yeah, and I was just walking, and then there was a moment I realized, oh, fuck, I'm trying to review an album. 
Holy shit, I just missed two songs. Don't worry. Don't God worry. damn it. The next song. Don't worry. The next song, I got you. I got you. We're so good at our job, you guys. Would you rate this song? I gave it a high six. I said it's probably the best song on the album. Dude, sickness. This is why you're the man with the notes. Well, it's funny you mention that. This song, Ago Alagua. Alagua? Track seven. I'm going to read my notes verbatim here. I zoned out, lol, five out of ten. Damn. <laughs> yeah, this is when I, like, halfway through the song, I realized, I think I might have missed some songs. So I actually, like, rewind and actually listen to the song. And, yeah, this was kind of very one note, five out of ten. I'm so, I'm, 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 I'm glad this was my, my sleep song. This was your wake song, your wake up song. Yeah, this is a song when I came back and realized I was like trying to review a fucking album. Uh, track eight, last, the last, the last one. song. Yeah. Um, I know. Album feels like it goes by quick. Tribalin Cantore. I wrote here, zoned out, but caught myself. I wrote here, better than the last song. High five out of 10. So for me, I wrote down, yeah, I can't say much with the song. Not much real insight or anything. I gave it a low 6 out of 10. So let me tell you my summary. Like, as a 40-minute listening experience, it's chill. Yeah. But not much can be said, and it's honestly hard to review. Because what the fuck do I critique? <laughs> oh, yeah, no, homie wasn't smacking the Congos hard enough. Oh, there was some inconsistent hits. Oh, these, like, people in the background, they're so off-key. I don't give a fuck about that. But, regardless, yeah, it was chill. You know what one we're reviewing right now? I feel like when you actually try to put image to this, like, album, you think it'd be like you're in one of those corny movies where you're traveling off to, like... We said Puerto Rico, right? Yeah. Yeah, just say you're in Puerto Rico and you're chilling and you have the one-off Puerto Rican romance with one of the locals. Yeah, but the problem is now when stuff like that happens in movies, they just play Pitbull. Yeah. You want me to when throw I, some Pitbull? When, when I, when I heard this music, my first thought was uh, the part in the James Bond movie where James Bond has to like infiltrate a dance, basically. So tallying up my score... Uh, Fucking stop! I tell you, my score out of eighty. Um, this uh, this record gets a forty-four out of eighty. You know, and here's the thing: I'm sure there is someone out there. I'm sure there is someone out there. This record is straight up their alley, and they probably listen to us right now. And you know what? If they were, if if someone listened to us review this record. And we're just like, these fucking cavemen have no culture. You know what? What? Oh my god, how can you not listen to this? This is like a great piece of culture, right? This is one of these stepping stones of musical history. These yeah, fucking they're, they're, they're just like, these cavemen from California California. have no culture. This record was sick. You know what? Sorry, I'm not having the samba fucking romance, alright? I'm not in Puerto Rico right now, fucking vibing. You know what, though? That's a fair... Criticism, okay. I'm not trying to claim music superiority uh, over here. This record may not have been for me. I wrote here, uh, "What about you, James?" Is it a vibe? But you already answered that, so yeah. There we go. There we Check go. it out if you want. Uh, uh, do you want me to grab or the just book? Or throw it on in the background. Yeah. Fuck it. Why not? Throw it. Bring in the book. Okay. I'm, I'm gonna choose from the 50s again, cause why not? Why not? 
biggest challenge. I'm just saying, so far, it's the spice of life. variety is the spice of life. Now, the 50s has been a challenge, at least for me personally. Well, we had a boring Elvis record and a and a and a sound and a, and a Congo soundtrack. Yeah. Which I can't review. I'm like, dang, I can't say, can't give me a move. I can't say there was a shirtless bro, like, you can imagine a shirtless bro mosh pitting into this. No, are you gonna imagine having a foreign romance that go that's only lasts the weekend and call it good? Or that foreign romance turns into you getting mugged in a hotel, in a Puerto Rican hotel. It just keeps getting more specific. Alright. Left, right. I'm not speaking forward. from experience. Calm down there. Triple D on the attack. Hey, I see Sabu again. No. Well, we gotta listen to the other one. Uh, this one is Thelonious Monk. Whoa, whoa. Pause. What? Thelonious Monk. How the fuck you spell that? T H E L O N. I-O-U-S Monk So wait T-H-E-L-O-N Oh wait never mind And what's the album? That's the name of the album I think Wait no I'm sorry I'm sorry uh, The name of the album is Brilliant Corners Brilliant Corners? Yeah Alright let me pull it up Let me pull it up I have it right here you know, there's a lot of fucking recordings. What year was this? No, that's 57. 57. Yeah, Brilliant Corners. Alright, so there's two versions. There's like a normal one. Whichever one has five songs. Hold it. Give me a second. I'm turning on my fucking Wi-Fi. It's been fucking with the like... It's been making my phone hella laggy. Alright, give it a second. Alright, so yeah, I got the one with the five songs, but let me check out the, the Keep News collection. And that is six songs. So let's just check out the five song. I'm saying five songs in 43 minutes. By the All way, right, let me let me pull it up. All right, so these might be some long songs. Okay, allow me to read a bit. Uh, I presume another instrumental album. This Give time, some smooth jazz. Given his so speaking of soundtrack music, I'm literally throwing it on right now. Given his status, oh my as god, what the fuck? That horn's blaring in my head. I have my headphone turned up because I don't have fun in the next room. Given his status as one of the most widely revered composers of the 20th century, to say nothing of his pervasive influence as a pianist, it is difficult to comprehend the marginal position of Thelonious Sphere Monk in 1957. So, so wait, like, Thelonious Monk is a man? It's just a singular person? I, I guess so. Yeah, because the cover says Thelonious Monk and Sonny Rollins, er Ernie Henry, and Clark Terry, I think. While he played a key role in the creation of bebop at the Harlem night spot Minton's in the mid-40s and contributed several standards to the jazz canon, a bogus drug conviction that kept him out of the Manhattan jazz clubs along with a disinterested record label served to sideline Monk throughout the 50s. It was only when Orin Keep News managed to sign Monk that he started gaining due hey, people recognition. people wild names back in the day. I'm just saying. He reintroduced Monk to the jazz public with two trio sessions and Brilliant Corners marked his return as a composer of the First Order with a quintet fe featuring rising tenor sax star Sonny Rollins. 
the tragically short-lived altonist Ernie Henry, bassist Oscar Pettiford, and drummer Max Roach. Max Roach. The jaw-dropping title track is the reason for the personnel change, as its difficulty meant that there was not one complete take after 25 attempts. The tension's palpable. Wait, 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 wait. What song? Uh, this one, apparently. The o- Well, the opening track. I mean, uh, no. Yeah, this the is the Brilliant Corners. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so wait, there's the fucking Keep News collection, which... Oh, okay, I guess there is a song that's incomplete. So it took him 25 tries for the song. And yeah, we've How did got- it fuck up? That's how I'm actually curious. I don't know. But yeah, there's uh, five, it's five songs, 40 minutes. The longest song is the second song, which is 13. That's going to set a record for the longest song. No, wait. No, Lulu, Lulu still has the longest yeah, song. Yeah, Lulu. The only way we'll beat uh, Junior Dad is if we start bringing in Dream Theater. Or King Crimson. But yeah, this should be fun. I can tell you I'm getting it's funny we It's funny. We go from Adventureland. Now it feels like we're in New Orleans, squ- New yeah. Orleans Square. I'm not going to lie. I feel like I'm getting a little bit more out of this than Sabu right now. I mean, I've always loved jazz, so I, I know I am. I'm just saying. Like, just listening, I'm like, fuck. There might be more to say. Yeah. <laughs> but then it's also five songs. Yeah. Five long songs, and it only takes us like a minute to review each one. Yeah. Well, either way, get fucked. So, listeners, <laughs> we're going to... Feel free to send... We're to the main event. Feel free to give After us. After we rec- take a short break, feel What's free up? to give us recommendations any any time now, viewers. Yes, you can find James at somewhere. Yeah, it's somewhere on Instagram. Till then, all right, we're gonna take a break, as I said, and then roll into the C A R hard pause. How's it going, everyone? Now it's time for the main event. To anyone that's coming from the timestamps, I'm just about to repeat it again. It's now time for the main event. Ed. So. What the fuck do? What do we watch this week? What do you want to talk about? We watched. Oh no, uh, we're not doing that. No, <laughs> did we do that last time? It was like yeah, no, so, so triple D radio show. So, what do you want to talk, talk about? about? Well, I can tell you this: I'm going to make this special occasion. Oh, bro! I'm going to finally crack open this liquid death that's been in the mini fridge for like months. How's it taste? I'm just. Uh, it's a flavored one too, right? Is that the sparkling water? Yeah. It just tastes like liquid death <laughs> with mango. So it tastes fine. So we watched. Uh, we watched. Uh, this is a movie that I thought we would always get to on the podcast. Honestly, I just didn't know when. Um, that we got. We watched. Uh, this is Spinal Tap, the amazing documentary about the band Spinal Tap, or as I wrote, as I named the movie here in my notes, uh, Anvil Zero. Which is funny because the director of this movie was famous Hollywood man Rob Reiner. His name is Rob Reiner. Rob Reiner. Rob the name Reiner, of the, not Rob Schneider. Yeah, Rob Reiner, like the name of the drummer from Anvil, the story of Anvil, which was about the band Anvil. This movie is called This is Spinal Tap, and this is about the band Spinal Tap. This is Spinal Tap, or this is. This is Spinal Tap. Tap. So, okay, we all know this, right? It's a mockumentary. It's a fake rock documentary about a fake band. I'm going to be honest here. There's moments in this movie, I watched it, and I was just like, you know what? This might have been a real, this might as well have been a real documentary at Almost some real at times. It felt real. Like, there's some stupid rock star assery moments where I'm just like, that just sounds like something that someone would have said or done. Yeah. It almost, almost believable. We start off by meeting our 
director. As he gives an introduction on what is about that. Well, the reason he introduces, hey, I'm Rob Reiner. Well, he's not Rob Reiner. No, he's uh, he's Marty D. Burgey. He's, he's Marty D. Burgey. He's a filmmaker. He makes a lot of commercials. He tells us in his wonderful New York accent, bro, how in 1966, he went to a club called the Electric Banana. Don't look for it. It doesn't exist anymore. Uh, and there he met Spinal Tap, who, for him, redefined rock and roll with their exuberance, power, and punctuality. I'm like, okay, hold on. We're less than a minute into the movie, and already that 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 should have tipped you off. It wasn't real. Rock stars aren't on time. Yeah, what is that? 17 years and 15 albums. <laughs> he tells us this movie is chrono- chronicling the making of their newest record, Smell the Glove, and their first U.S. But that's tour- a fucking lie. We did not go through the making of it. We just went through the touring of it. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, it was. It was through the tour of Smell the Glove, and it's their first U.S. tour in six years. We go to the movie proper now. Movie interview. Okay, so excuse me. <clears throat> the movie interviews some people uh, at I assume a Spinal Tap show. I want to highlight the guy who has. Well, I do the opening with the fucking fans in the crowd. He's like, "Yeah, yeah. man, spell that ruse." I, I want the one man like cryptic slaughter. <laughs> yeah, the guy that looked like yeah. I want to point out this guy had your haircut and hair lip. Well, your lip's thicker now. But. Sorry, I'm I'm a, I'm a, I'm a man of the classics. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry that you look like a look like a metalhead. Um, <laughs> He's like, heavy metal is deep. You can really get stuff out of Yo, it. Yo, heavy metal is deep, man. You can really get stuff out of it. That might have been the it. funniest thing said in the whole movie. <laughs> and we're two minutes in. I'm like, slow down. Don't peek so early with the jokes. We see the proverbial spinal tap kind of just like walking oh, around. Oh, you didn't get any quotes of the other piece? Well, I remember the one chick is like, yeah. I like the leather. Yeah, it's like I like the leather, and then the one, and then the one gal's just like, it's just great. It's this just really, great. You just was, really get a lot just, out of it. You just get a lot. You just feel like power. Sorry, I don't know if she said that. Oh, sorry, I didn't go Jeremy fragrance. <laughs> Is that pull up Jeremy fragrance? No, you don't pull up Jimmy fragrance. <laughs> Jeremy, this podcast respect already respect that man. This this podcast already taken long enough to get through. So anyway, so we see a uh, Spinal Tap uh, proper. They're kind of just like walking around or whatever. And um, oh, hold on, I lost myself. Here we go. Other uh, and we see their road crew setting up for their rock show. We see Sp- we then see Spinal Tap epically rocking, and we meet the band proper, David Saint Hubbins, lead guitar, Nigel Tufnell. Also lead guitar, but also the only lead guitar. <laughs> Thanks, James. So wait, wait, wait. So wait. Wait, who's who again? Who's the blonde lad? The blonde's Derek. Oh. Yeah. And then the brunette who looks a lot like a young Liam Gallagher is uh Nigel Tufnell. Okay. Bassist, Derek Small, not to be Derek Smalls, not to be confused with Brendan Smalls, like the Death Clock Man. Let's all Hey, something like you got confused. I thought it was just Derek Smalls. Mick Sh- I almost said Brendan Smalls right now, actually TBH. I was like, Brad Derek. Uh Mick Shrimpton <laughs> drums. Yeah, Mick Shrimpton. What's up? And Viv Savage. Uh keyboards and shit. Viv Savage. Viv Savage. Not to be confused with Rick Savage. Nick Shripton. (laughs) Derek Smalls. Nigel Tufnell. Nigel Tough Balls. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, I'm trying to remember. Like, can I actually remember saying tough null? Tough null. Tough null. Tough null. Tough null. Tough troll. Well, it's probably tough nell, but tough nell. There's not even an R in that. Because you're like tough troll. It's like there's not even an R in tough null. We're continuing on. I'm very distracting. <laughs> I need to comment real quick. Everyone here looks amazing. Their hair is huge and ridiculous. They it's all, the wigs. They all look like they've committed sexual offenses. Yes. Big poofy clothes, leopard print, and big hairy chest. It's great. It's what you you want out of a rock band. We go to at least you think you do. Yeah. We then go to an interview spot. We'll be seeing this spot like throughout the movie as they cut back and forth to interviews. Here we learn a little bit about the band. Nigel and David were in other bands. I think like one was, uh, I think Nigel was in the Creatures. No, David, I think, was in the Creatures. Nigel was in Lovely Lads. Then they got together and formed a band called The Originals. But then they had to change that name because there was another band called The Originals. So then they changed their name to The New Originals. But then the other Originals changed their name to The Regulars. And then they changed their name to them them sim i don't know it wasn't spinal tap is the point yeah this is when they were talking about like their early days of just being a little bebop and band yeah they were basically i can believe that it would be almost hilarious yeah, yeah like yeah. all these bands have the churches they have like fuck <laughs> i'll change it like oh you changed it. i wasn't change it fuck yeah i know that that sounds about right we see old footage of them in 65 playing on the bbc clearly it's supposed to be a beatles parody yeah and then we learn the history of their many drummers, like John Stumpy Peps. He died in a bizarre gardening accident. He died in a bizarre gardening accident. It's like, oh, it's like, oh, how'd he die? That was a bizarre gardening accident. It was a bizarre gardening accident. Um, then he was replaced by Stumpy Joe. Oh, Stumpy Joe. Who died choking on vomit. Someone else's vomit. Someone else's vomit. You know, actually, it's hard to say because how can you actually prove it's someone you, else's vomit? You can't dust for vomit. Yeah. You can't dust vomit you for fingerprints. But yeah, he just died from vomit. Could have been someone else's vomit. But yeah. Then we see uh, Spinal Tap at like this record executive party or whatever where uh, they meet. I think her name was like Bobby or something, but uh, I just wrote her as Fran Drescher. Fran Drescher. She's artist relations at, at the record company that they're signed under mm -hmm. and she introduced them to the president and they take a picture and for some reason the waiters are all mimes by the way those mimes uh those two the two mimes that were waiters that was billy crystal and dana carvey i feel like i know dana carvey wait is that like the comedian dana carvey dana carvey's the guy who hosts uh whose line is it anyway uh. yeah you know what? There was also another actor I saw that's like in this movie. That the general, like, right? Yeah, yeah. That I, I I forgot to write his name down, but yeah, I, he's, he's been, been in a bunch fucking of so much shit. Yeah, I always. Uh, one of the things I was thinking of him was how he was the president in Wally, -E, but he's done a million other things. I think he was in Everyone Loves Raymond. Yeah, but um, then anyway, the record is the records executives riz up Spinal Tap. They're like, here's to our collaboration with Spinal Tap or whatever. Next day, they're in a limo, and they get cringed out by the limo driver. Oh, yeah, you have the limo driver. Yeah. It's like, oh, I don't know if I could do his New York accent without going Vince Russo, bro. Well, he was just basically talking about how, uh, hey, you know, you guys are some rockers, but you know who... Uh, <laughs> You're but, the British. But, but, you know, it's like, what do you know What do you know about Frank Sinatra? Hey, what do you know about New York? New York, New York, New York, ugh. 
Hey, Tony Baloney. Hey, I see you reading that like my life was by Sammy Davis Jr. A good read. That's what it is. Hey, what what the fuck was the name of the title? It was like Sammy Sammy. I think it was called like Sammy Does It or something. It's like whatever. It's just say it's like it's Sammy Does It, but they should actually call it Sammy Does It if Frank allows it. Ha 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 ha. Because I'm just saying. Yeah, and he goes into a whole thing. He just about goes on to think about cool Frank, Sin- Frank Sinatra. I'm like, yeah, just talk about Frank Sinatra, and then they just roll up the window, and then he just talks to the director, goes like, "Man, these rock star dudes, I swear, they only understand like the ups and downs of Frank's life. Yeah, that's just not their world. Whatever. This rock thing is a fad. You know, it's just a fad anyway. On to the next thing, <laughs> and then um, and then after that, uh, we uh, we meet their uh, we meet their manager, um, a fellow named <clears throat> excuse me, fellow named Ian, and he's talking to them about distribution, and basically they're just like, oh man, we're gonna get this record sold everywhere. Another epic rock show where they play a song about asses, James. I think it's called like Big Bottom or something. Big something Bottom it was something like that. It was so. It was it called Heavy Duty? Call it. Might have been. It could have been this song. Wasn't this the song they played at the end? It was whatever song was about asses. So yeah. Well, I want to highlight some lyrics here. Um, there's a lyric where at one point he says. My baby fits me like a flesh tuxedo. I'd like to sink her with my pink torpedo. No light fantastic ever crosses my mind. I don't know if this is it, but I don't think so either. But yeah, that did you cast the line I highlighted? Yes. Okay, yeah. There's... About something about asses in my pink torpedo. Okay, so then, uh, and you know what's funny? That you know what's funny? The song that they played, I, I wrote here. I'm like, you know, good friend Thomas played me some Bad Company last week when I saw him. That honest, this honest to God sounds like a those honest to God sounded like lyrics that they would have written. Mm. Uh, next, the band talks about reviews for previous albums of theirs, like like Intravenous De Milo. Yeah, no, it was like, so what'd you think of these reviews? And they were just like. Oh, they don't understand. Yeah, because um, the interviews are just calling them pretentious, horny idiots. And my my favorite was the one, um, um, because you know, there's one calling them pretentious. There's one calling them devoid of talent or whatever. My favorite was for the record, Shark Sandwich, where it says, "Well, this review for Shark Sandwich, it just has two words. It just says uh, shit sandwich." Well, that's not very nice, then, now is it? <laughs> um. Cut to a recording industry convention in Hotlanta. In Hotlanta? Where they're complaining to their manager about, I don't know, packaging deal stuff. As we learned in a second here, the record company hates the cover for Smell the Glove, and they don't want to press it. Because to quote Fran Drescher, because Ian's Fran like... Fran Drescher. Because Ian's like... Because Ian, the manager's like, what's wrong with the cover? And she says... Oh, hey, what's wrong with the cover? What, what, hey, what's wrong with the cover? I can not do his fucking voice. I'm done. He's like, here. Bye. She's like, it's sexist. And he's like, he's like, how's it sexist? And she goes, well, how's it? What's wrong with sexy? Um, and uh, she says, you had a greased naked woman on all fours with a dog collar 
around her neck and a leash with a man's arm extended out, holding the leash and pushing a black glove in her face to sniff it. That is the word for word quote on what this album was. What's wrong with that? Yeah, and then she told me it's like it's not the sixties anymore. We don't think like this anymore. It just yeah, it was it was it was great. Um we talked to um hold on. Damn yeah. my fucking notes. Damn, can't... dude, the notes. Well, I know at the party, because after like that conflict about like, sorry, this album's just too crude. We need something that's more actually modern or stuff. What are you talking about? Oh, yeah, it's yeah, totally yeah. fine. It's rock and roll. It's like it's sexist. We can't sell this. He's, no. He's like, it's not that bad. You should have seen what they wanted to shove yeah, in the face. Should, it wasn't a glove, believe me. Believe me, it wasn't a glove. But it's like, I don't care. <laughs> I cannot do Fran Dresser. I don't care. She really did have that like stereotypical. I don't care. Vince Russo, bro. Just try to do a Lois, a Lois Griffin impression. And that's basically. Peter. Yeah. yeah it's, it's Peter. Like, like, Peter, I don't care. You can't press that album for Chris's band. Peter, you can't press that album for Chris's band. Dude, I can't do it. You're not good at impressions. I always suck with these impressions tonight. I'm done. I can't. I'm you know done. what? You do a good Russo, bro. And a good Lars. You do a good Lars. Just tonight, I can't do a Fran Dresser. I can't do the fucking manager of Spinal Tap. I think I do like one of the other Spinal Tap lads, but they're just all soft-spoken. Yeah, yeah. So manager Ian gets a call at the party, and due to the album cover being fucking whack, the company has decided to not distribute the record, and Kmart and Sears, that was surreal hearing that name, Sears said, fuck you, we're not carrying this record. So these big ego horny rock stars are all offended. And said, what do you mean? One of them literally said, "Oh come on, it was a joke." Oh come on, it's a joke. This is where the lie happens, but it's sexist. Well, and I think it now says, "What's wrong with being sexy?" Yeah, what's wrong with being sexy now? What's wrong with being sexy. Sexy. And then we cut to them uh, stewing at a diner, and th- here we learn David and Nigel met at age like seven and eight. And they sing their first song all the way home. It sounds like some all the boom. way home. Yeah, dun 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 dun. We're crossing the railroad tracks all the way home. Yeah, it sounds like some boom chicka boom bullshit. I went and grabbed a rock and threw it at a window on the way home. Dun dun dun. So Marty asked. I went and bought a PV Supreme 160 from the pawn shop that broke on me on the way home. I don't think those are the lyrics. I don't think those are the lyrics at all. I went and bought a Snickers on Halloween to enjoy myself with Sugar Rush, but that shit was gross, so I spat it out on the way home. Did you actually? Don't, don't, don't. Nah. Oh, okay. No, I actually fuck with Snickers. <laughs> Last time I had a Snickers, I enjoyed it. I, I fuck with. Know. I don't really fuck with. You know what? I fuck, I fuck with Butterfingers. You know, I fuck with Butterfingers too. Those are pretty good. Like I, prefer- you know, I like all those candy bars. Oh yeah, they're Twi- all Twix, moods. Twix, Kit Kat. Yo, Twix, Kit the Kat. Re- oh, dude. Reese's and re, re, if you get me, it was fucking Halloween and then like candy and shit. Yeah, you know I do like that candy. Now, do I? Am I sitting there and like? I don't think I've ever seek my you, way for it. I'll say I don't think I've ever seen you eat any of those candies. I'm sh- maybe I. Oh, have. I have, but you won't see me like have that shit on storage at my pad munching it. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, like, if I'm at the movie theater, like, okay, I'll, I'll grab myself a Reese's Pieces. TBH. You know what some theaters used to do, but I don't think they do anymore. They used to do this thing where they could sell you like a cold one. Like a cold Kit Kat or cold Reese's. Those were so nice. 
But a lot of places don't do that anymore. Because yeah, what the fuck? Yeah, because fuck me, right? Yeah, fuck you. What, what, you want a cold candy bar? How about you bring your own ice chest dude, cold with the fucking the candy best. bar? It's like I blew someone's mind the other week because I was like, oh, dude, take some Oreos, freeze them for a while, then eat those with like some milk and stuff. It's like, oh, they're so good. Wait, and what? Like, what do you mean? Wait, you, what? Like, yeah, what are you talking yeah, about? I'm like, yeah, bro, give it a shot. They're like, really? I'm like, oh, dude, it's a fucking heaven, bro. What, did they come back to you a couple hours later? Like, I did it. <laughs> I did hear with it. I, it was like a couple days later, but there was like, yeah, dude, I fuck with frozen Reese's dog. This shit's good. Hey, yeah, bro. Now where the fuck are we? Um, so Marty asks them, why is your audience pre predominantly young boys? Yeah, it's like, so why is your audience just predominantly young boys? And I'm gonna summarize their uh answer here. They basically say it's uh well it's a sexual but also fearful thing. They're reacting to the female of our music and the you females know, are when reacting we're, when we're up there on our state on the stage well, with the armadillos in our tight yo, trousers. You know, tight trousers. They'd be seeing what looks like armadillos, it was a and it might be it might be fearful for the females. So that's why we don't get much coming to our shows. That was a paraphrase, but they did say all those words. So we are backstage at their next show, and there's a problem. Nigel, oh my god, this is so fucking stupid. Like, like in a good way, but it was so stupid. Nigel is complaining that the bread for his sandwich is too small. The the bread, it's too small. Look at the size of this meat. So it's Ian, too big for the bread. So Ian comes up to me. He's like, "Well, just fold it." Clearly talking what, what, about what the meat. What do you meat. mean? What you told? What do you mean? I, I, I can't fold it. So he tries to fold the bread. It's like every time I fold it, it breaks. If I fold the bread, it breaks. <laughs> but you're supposed to put the meat and fold the meat. But why would I do that? See, if I keep folding, it just <laughs> it's just gonna break. Well, you're not just fold the meat, but I, I can't. Why don't just I get bigger bread? And then and he eats like you know what you're right. I'll get you some bigger bread. But I'm just like God. Damn. <laughs> that that part, <laughs> that part was so funny. It like made me mad because it's like <laughs> that's like frustrating. It's like wait, wait, wait. Are, how stupid are you? Yeah, <laughs> like you know it's a comedy. But, uh, the, the part that got it was funny enough when he was like when he was like, but if I fold by calm fold the bread, that was already funny. But then he was like, but if I keep folding it, then it doesn't. Then it doesn't not, work. It doesn't work. But you just <laughs> fold the meat. Wait, I what? Nigel's like low key the best character in the movie. Also, I wrote this like way later, but he's also very clearly in love with David. But I mean, that's just that's neither here nor there. I think they have a positive relationship. It's not like they started the band together. They did. Just look up the scene on YouTube. Basically, everybody, it's great. Next performance. Next performance of them epically rocking. Epically rocking. Nigel tries to fall backwards and like spin around on the ground, but he can't do a but he can't do a spin. So a stage technician help, help comes out to help him. Yeah, he doesn't he help like, him up. He just like helps him spin. Yeah, helps him spin. I thought he was trying to help him up and he just couldn't. I didn't know he was sitting there. I was like, I can't spin. Can you help me spin while I'm ripping a sick guitar solo? Also, I don't know why, but this song specifically, there was a lot of close up of their cocks. Because they're wearing tight trousers and they got armadillos in their pants and it scares the women. So then Marty is in the... Now they're in the back. Marty's talking to, to Nigel. And he's... This is where Marty's showing off his sick guitar collection. Oh, yeah. He's just in this room. There's at least, like, we'll say 50 guitars. Yeah. All lined up. And... 
like I don't know if we should go through the whole segment, but oh, this, come segment, on. this is this is a gold one. This, this is one of the legendary say. So it first starts off with I don't remember the I didn't I forgot to write the names of guitars, but like just like oh so these are all your so he's like do you play all these guitars? Yo, I've played he's all like, these guitars. I play them and I cherish them. This one here, look at this one. I'm well, just gonna make some shit up. It's like this one's a '64 custom thing or whatever. It's like it's like listen. It's like Marty no, trying no, to talk check to out him. this one with the flames. The '64 with the flames. This. This here, this one here, has great sustain. Here, here, listen, like, listen, listen to this. Like, I don't hear anything. Well, you would hear it if it was plugged into an amp. <laughs> now, now would it? It's like this, like this one here from '64. Is like, oh, or Marty's like, oh wow, look at this one. This is like, don't touch it. Don't, I don't, don't touch that one. I wasn't don't touch gonna, it. I was like, like, then stop. Don't, don't stop. even look at it. I was like, no. It's just like I'm just pointing at. Don't. Don't even point. <laughs> I'm just like, don't even look at it. Don't even look at it. And then, Mar- and then he takes Marty to their amps. He's like, he's like, he's, he says something to the effect of like, now see these here are also special because you see, as you'll notice, most amps go to ten, but you see these all go uh, to, up to oh, 11. eleven. Eleven. He says, so if we ever need that extra push over the cliff, we can have that. And the and the guys and the guys like. Uh, well, why don't you just make ten louder, and then make that, then make that the new top, and then just make everything else louder? But these go to eleven. <laughs> these go to eleven. But these go to eleven, and then cuts away. It's so great. It, it, it's it's like I think that's the most. I think besides the Stonehenge shit later, that's like the most famous joke in the movie. I, they no, they they put that phrase up to eleven in the Oxford Dictionary. What what a movie! Yeah, no, legit. Uh, so oh, I want to tell you, listeners, like quick pause. This movie, you know what? It's not the best on the first watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes it could hook you. This is my second time ever seeing it, and I liked it this way my, more than the first. This time. is my third time. It gets better the more you watch it. I'm just saying, just sitting here quoting, literally, just like Laz just with there talking about eleven, and then homie just sitting there is like, why don't you just make the amp louder and just have ten be ten and be the loudest. But it's like, yeah, but these go to 11. <laughs> 11's technically louder. I think you also have to adapt to, uh, you also have to get used to this movie's comedy style because I feel like if a movie like this came out today, you know, we'd expect it to be, you know, kind of like louder and flashier in your face. This is a kind of quiet movie with some occasional loudness, not just the music, but it's it's a quiet, subtle movie with like layers and stuff. So my first time through, I was like, this doesn't feel really exciting. But this this time, my second time watching it, I'm like, this feels like a completely different fucking movie. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's great. This is like a subtle details you just miss. This this. this this movie is apparently in like the Smithsonian's collection of because of culturally historic and significant like films and films and TV and music. And it's like, you know what? It's deserved. It's the memes. It's the memes. <laughs> this uh, movie is just memes before memes fuck, were even fuck, realized. The Spinal Tap guys actually paid a visit to Metallica one time. Have you ever seen that clip? Yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah. Of, of Dude, that's in like a year. That's like in the fucking second oh, half. Oh, it is in year and a half. Okay. Oh, so what were you in this band called Metallica? It's like, well, we thought, uh, we were thought, what's that? They're copying our bit, but you know what? The songs aren't half bad, so, you know, we're not gonna, we're not gonna sue anybody. So- and James and Kirk are just cracking the baddest smiles the whole time. <laughs> oh, man. So, next Spinal Tap is at a hotel, and their reservations got screwed up, too. Instead of multiple suites to house 14 people, now they have to fit 14 people in one Leisure King room. 
And as Ian tries to fix this in the lobby, Spinal Tap, they're like reading some brochures or whatever. Yeah, you know, just like, you know, anytime you go to a hotel, you know, there's a brochure of the town. Yeah. Hey, go to our zoo. Go to our aquarium. Go to Disneyland. Okay, not every fucking town, not like Wisconsin's got a Disneyland. Well, they don't, but there's usually like, there's usually some advertisement for Disneyland or Disney Park. Well, because Disney loves to broker like, like, like airline travel plans so they're like hey, yeah book your flight hey with us, i bro. know you're like staying in like wisconsin but dude totally go to disney world all the way to florida <laughs> yeah please go to florida um so they think they're about to get attacked by some fangirls because yeah, like, ah, right like, oh my god ah. it's like oh snow it's time again Hello, ladies. But and then it's some other random fucking jabroni that rolls up. <laughs> yeah, it's some old dude named, get this, his name was <clears throat> Duke Fame. Duke Fame. <laughs> that sounds like a wrestling name. Duke Fame. Oh, my God, Duke Fame. Ah! And he's like, oh, hello, Duke Fame. And he's like, oh, hey. Uh. He's like, who the, f-? he doesn't say this, but he's basically like, who the fuck are you? Like, yeah, yes. like I think I think it's Derek. He goes to, like, shake his hand. He uh, a Duke kind of like pushes him away, and then Ian's like, "Oh, hey, Duke, good to see you again." He's like, "Uh, Isaac, it's Ian." Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah no spinal tap. Yeah, 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 sure, sure. <laughs> and then, and then he, you know, he walks away, and then they're all just like, oh, "What a wanker!" It's like, what a wanker! What? A, how dare he? And they're pissed at him because his album cover apparently had like an even more risque one where he's like tied down and shit. And he's like, "That one's way worse than ours. Why didn't that one get banned?" And Ian's like, "Well, in that one, he's the victim. He's so the victim. W- so it wasn't sexist." Oh, uh, see, so see that subtle twist and play. Damn, why don't we think of that? <laughs> oh yeah, and then Ian tells them that their gig tonight got canceled. Uh, whoops. Whoopsie. Uh, what's her name? Spinal Tap is not having a fun time. Yeah, no, I'm just saying Torn of a U.S. shoot. Nah, nah. I mean, I, I can't say I relate. I mean, I've never had a tour go wrong. Have you? I've had, like, weekend runs, <laughs> take a shit, yeah. Marty then asks Ian, you know, he's like, last time, uh, Marty asked Ian, you know, last time Spinal Tap were here in America, they were playing 12,000, 15,000 seat arenas. Now they're playing... 1200 to 1500 arenas is their popularity waning and ian's like no 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 we're just a niche well we're just in a in a very niche era i guess it's yeah. like we, we have a very niche sound with very niche fans but no we're not waning also ian randomly has a cricket bat on his table and mari's like what's with the cricket bat and he's just basically like Hey, everyone has their odd fixation, and there's just footage of him breaking shit with the cricket bat. Yep. <laughs> Back at the hotel, David's on the phone with his... Okay, I wrote her as his wife. But I guess it's his girlfriend? But he says she's not his girlfriend. But then later when someone says wife, he's like, well, she's not my wife. I don't know. Um, His wife... His old lady. His his old lady, Janine, is going to fly Janine. out. Janine. It's going to fly out to hang out with them, I guess. See, I was confused because I thought because I thought she said she like booked them a show in Milwaukee or something. I don't know. I don't know. Well, that's kind of fast forwarding the plot. Either way, Janine oh. comes in and hangs out with the band. Yeah. And um, then she's she- some like hippie asshole lady, you know, just like. Uh, I know my like I follow the like astral signs. I follow my horoscope. I'm here with the, you know. Oh my god, that burp hit my nostrils right now. <laughs> oh. Are you oh. okay? 
You look like you got punched. No, I did, that was a good fucking burp that went up like the, my nostrils. So <sighs> I don't know where the fuck I'm at. Bro, Here's your, the eyes thing, are, your eyes are watering. Yeah, I know. That was pretty rough. T- tag, tag out. I'm tagging out. You go. Something about Janine. How, what's her character like? Yoko Ono. Yeah. <laughs> Basically that. She's involved with the creative process. Except not as creative. I don't know if she's sitting there you know, like, you know, has like the fucking abstract stuff where she goes. Yeah, that's the. Oh, 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 oh my God. Dude, I kind of want to pull up some Yoko now. No, you don't. What are you, what, what you going to do? Saw me? So, well, I mean, I, I guess I could, but then I'd have to. Let me hold on. Let me do it real quick. Don't I have to get up? But then I have to get up. So anyway, then Derek comes in and he tells him they're playing a piece of y'all pass on the radio. And it's like this like it's like this old song from earlier in uh, in um, David. And Bro, do uh, Yoko Ono has a one million five hundred like five hundred thousand monthly listeners. I mean, when you marry John Lennon, you'll convince some people that you're talented. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just saying, what was the song? Happy Xmas War is Over. Oh, this is a good song. You've heard this song on the radio during Christmas time. It's a lot of just, yeah, it's Yoko Ono, but it's like a lot of stuff with Lennon. Well, yeah, because they were all, because I believe the plastic Ono stuff, which is another subsect of his solo career, goes under, some of it goes under Yoko Ono, some of it goes under John Lennon, some of it goes under both. Is this Yoko Ono? Yeah. I don't wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me actually get this recording. Ed was like listening again while Mike's working. Yeah, this is supposed to be Yoko Ono. So this supposedly came out. Is it 2007? It says 2007. Whatever, this album's called Yes, I'm a Witch. Yeah, let's go to the song Yes, I'm a Witch. I hate you so much. Me? What, what, what? That kind of goes hard, not gonna lie. Hey, your dad's gonna cancel you. Oh my god, bro, what is going on? This song sounds like it was made directly to flip off my dad. I'm a bitch. Bro, we're down a dark rabbit hole. Yeah, let's stop that. I don't think you've ever actually explored Yoko Ono, man. And this is the most I'm sure you've ever explored. Yes! I got enough of her with plastic. Bro, dude, Ono. this is dude. She made a second album called Yes, I'm a Witch 2. Why did it need a sequel? 
I don't know. How can you declare the same statement twice? Okay, we have to check out this one song. This song is titled No Bed for Beetle John. What? Bro, Yoko Ono's... Okay, let's check this. Check this. Okay, look at this be terrifying in a horror movie. <laughs> it's terrifying already. What? Is there lyrics? Ah, there's no motherfucking lyrics. Is this the Space Jam beat? Yo, are we just getting a hard beat while she's Come on going? and slam, and welcome to the jam. Come on and slam, if you want to jam. Yo, this is like a, just a random where it's like, hey, I'm just going to pay some random DJs. I'm just going to make like some vocal words. I don't know. Yoko Ono has friends. That's all. That's all I can. I, I don't know. I don't know. Yoko Ono has money to pay for people to produce her shit. She has John Lennon's money that she can use to pay for people. Yes. Yes. Now, where the f hell was we? Oh, no. Should I put on some more Yoko Ono? No. <laughs> My dad will never let you back in our house. What, like, did dad just ban me if I was, like, vibing to that? I was like, yo, dude, Space Jam track? No, the music goes? was fine. He, would, he wouldn't he would have a problem with that. He'd, he'd have a problem if we were going here, like, yo, not going to lie, Yoko Ono sounds pretty sick. Yo, dude, Yoko Ono's kind of gassed. She's got, <laughs> Yoko Ono's kind of goaded. He doesn't even know what that means. And it's going to be really awkward when I play this part of the podcast for him when you upload it. So I hope I didn't swear too much during the last few minutes. I could play more Yoko. No! So Spinal Tap. Yeah, back to Spinal Tap. We're, we're talking about Janine. Well, we because got we past saw, that part. Yeah, we were talking about Janine, and then when I end up being in Yoko, because like, what's Janine's character? And you're like, Yoko Ono. And I'm like, you know what? Let me actually throw on Yoko Ono's tracks, and I realize... You know, there's a lot with just her and John Lennon, so let me just find straight Yoko. You know what? I did think of something cursed, though. I would be down to go through the Yoko Ono discography only if I could convince my dad to do it, and he calls in for those shows. Could your dad actually handle listening to a whole Yoko Ono? I think I heard him disowning me from here in the force. Anyway, well, you haven't done it. Continuing right. on. They play and they now start playing an old song by uh, Derek and Nigel on the radio. And they're like, oh, wow, look at that. Wow. Hey, hey, yo, check it. They got an old song of yours on the radio. Whatever, one or 60 bops. Yeah, it sounded, I think it was about a tummy ache. I don't know. Oh, I have a tummy ache. Point is. A ching. Point is. Oh, is some the baby's applesauce. The DJ. The DJ calls them old and is like, where are they now? And then they They're barring that, where are they now, files, and they just look depressed. So to cheer themselves up, they go to the grave of Elvis Presley. And as soon as like, yeah, I know, that's a dead man. All of a sudden, it's... Yeah, they were just saying stuff. They're fun. like, I don't see why we came here because I can't say I feel any better than I felt earlier. <laughs> From being called like, yeah, where are they now? And then they, have, they try to have a moment where they say Heartbreak Hotel, but none of them can... 
fucking harmonize. <laughs> um, then after that, back at the uh, back at an interview spot, Marty asked them about 1967 when Spinal Tap was born and they put out their first album. Listen to what the Flower People say and other classics. Nigel then plays a sitar solo on an acoustic guitar or something. Their drummer at the time was a man named Peter James Bond. He died of mysterious circumstances. Well, he spontaneously combusted. And you know what? It's Did. not uncommon. There's been many cases of people just randomly spontaneously combusting. I watched this movie for the first time in high school. I wondered if that was true. Did you look it up? Yeah. And? I don't remember. So it might be true. We can't prove it's not. Damn, sick, dog. So we see them. Now we see them practicing, and now Janine shows up. This is where it starts, where Nigel looks really jelly at Janine's presence. Mm, it's Janine. I I wasn't, see, I didn't pick up jealousy. I just thought, I was like, oh, God, his fucking annoying girlfriend. Then, That's what my vibe was. I didn't know it was like a lover's quarrel. Just like, well, mm, it's geez. an it's an interpretation. Even Roger e, even Roger Ebert thought so when the movie came out. But then Ian shows up with the rec, with the record. Uh, he cracks open the box and it's like, hey, what is this a test pressing? What's the cover? Because the cover is a solid black front and back. There's no name on it. I don't even think there's a track listing on the back. Mm. And, and we get another famous line from this movie where Nigel's like, how much more black could it get? And the answer is none. None. None more black. None more black. And yeah. I'm smother glove. And then you have like freaking Derek Smalls just going like, I can see my reflection in this. I, I really can. See, this is great because it was foreshadowed earlier by Fran Drescher's character. She was talking to Ian and she's like, look at the White Album. There was nothing on that goddamn cover. And that shit sold. But there's a the thing. They wrote good songs. And it's like, well, you haven't heard Also, the, the Beatles was written on it. It just wasn't in like text. It was in like that like felt thing where it's like it was white, but it was like up, you know? So it, it had like a 3D feel to it but the Beatles name were on it and plus there was like a track listing and pictures on the back yeah <laughs> but anyway we then cut to Marty talking to shrimp yo dude shrimpton like uh, this is shrimpton in the tub right he yeah. just sitting there and is like so what do you think of the history of spinal tap and their drummers always uh something unfortunate happening to them and he's like well you know they did pull me aside and talk to me about it but you know, you know, but possible, um, you know, laws of attraction. I'm just saying, laws of attraction, laws of attraction, laws of, of, of probability. Yeah. I, I, I just think this is like out of those occurrences, I, I should be okay. Which I didn't notice this until I rewound the scene because I found it funny. Um, there was a plugged-in toaster for some reason next to the bathtub he was in. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> it's a subtle detail. Dude, I, I, I didn't see it. I rewound it. I'm like, wait a minute. He's in the, he's taking a bath. That's a fucking toaster right by the bathtub. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> this movie, dude. Um, now the guys are on a tour bus with an Atari 2600 and chicks. You're sick. <laughs> so, so, did Yoko Ono wipe you? Did Yoko Ono give you your second win and then take it away? Maybe. 
So then David uh, doesn't, you know, he doesn't fit in with their hullabaloo and he hangs out with his wife. And this is where we learn, as I wrote here in my notes, she's basically the Yoko Ono. Her word influences the sound of the band. We learn her and Nigel do not get on well. Speaking mm-hmm. of, we see and hear him playing this. Uh, it cuts to, uh, you know, they've parked or whatever. Nigel's playing this beautiful song on a uh, piano to, for, uh, for, uh, for, for Marty. And uh, he's like, wow, that's beautiful. And, uh, Nigel's like, yeah, you know, it's, uh, well, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's part of a trilogy that I'm creating. It's inspired Yo, it's, by, it's, by Mozart and Bach. Yeah, it's in this one key. It's like the saddest key. Anytime I, you play in this key, people just end up crying. Yeah. Well, what's this, uh, what's this song called? Well, uh, this one, this this piece, this part is called uh, "Lick My Love Pump." I said it with a straight face. I'm so <laughs> proud of myself. I busted it up so hard, dude. So, the- what's the name of this piece? Oh, this one's called "Lick My Love Pump." <laughs> dude, the t- the the writing is be so good because, like, it's not like it's rapid fire jokes on jokes. Some of the jokes are slow and build up, but when like. The punchline hits, even though it's not like a big explosive punchline. Like when he said, oh, this one's called Lick My Love Pump. I busted up so hard. Ugh. Then shenanigans at the airport. Derek can't pass through the metal detector. Oh, what's going on with Derek Smalls? Derek Smalls can't pass through the metal detector. First, it's because he's got some coins in his jacket. Okay, fine. Watt takes him out, walks out, tries to walk in. Beep, beep, beep. The zipper takes off the jacket, walks back, walks back in. The TA lady is like, all right, step to the side. She pulls a, I assume that's a metal detector or whatever. Yeah. And she's like, you know, scanning him for it. She notices something around his crotch region. And then the punchline here is uh, he opens his pants and he stuck a zucchini in his pants. With That was wrapped in tinfoil. That was wrapped in tinfoil, yeah. And there was like, ha ha, lol. Because the lady was like, um, she wasn't like, oh God, do I have to ask you to pull down your pants? And he's just like, ha, lol. And then keeps walking. You could not do that today. Yeah. I think they would beat your ass. Now they're playing an epic rock show. Oh, yeah. And then we're in the, and then after that, we cut to the land of CM Punk, Chicago, mm. where we meet Artie Fufkin. Artie Fufkin. Fufkin? Wait, what? Yeah, yeah. The guy that uh, the guy that's doing this thing for them. His name's Artie Fufkin. Okay. Their promo guy for Chicago. He booked them a record signing at a record store. And you know, there's some little back and forth. The, it was kind of funny. His introduction was like, like he shows up, right? He's like, "Hi, Artie, Artie Fufkin." I forgot the name of the record company, but you know, it's like, "Hi, Artie, Artie Fufkin, something record companies." I'm a real big fan, you know. And they're all in the same room, but then he just looks like says that tonight. So he looks over at uh, Derek. He's like, "It's like Derek's like, hi, Artie Fufkin, record company. I'm a real big fan." Oh, how are, how are you? Oh, you're 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 Viv. Hi, Artie Fufkin. He does that like <laughs> he does it like seven times, which you would think four or five times too many but it got funnier uh then they go to their record store for the record signing no one showed up and then he just had the home going like well, i think this is my fault it's just yeah no i'm sorry guys just my fault i thought people would show up and then he's like you know what? i know how to fix he, he like turns around and like lightly bends over he's like i want you guys to kick my ass come on just kick my just ass. kick my ass i am so sorry for the situation just Kick it away. We then cut to Cleveland, O-H-I-O, for another 
epic rock show. Yo, epic rock or show. Or it would be, except the band can't find the stage. <laughs> um, to the point to where I think they ended up on the street. It looked like the street. There oh, are yeah, some underground like, tunnels. Oh yeah, no, there's just like some underground tunnels. There's like you have these like crowd of people. They're just going like, yeah. Woo! Yeah, spinal tap, spinal tap. Let's totally get it. And they're just sitting in the back. It's like, overall, I think we've made them wait long enough. Uh, we just keep going, and they're just walking. You're like, what? Where is the stage? And you know, they just keep making the wrong turns. They run into a maintenance lab. The lab gives them instructions. Like, woo! Yeah, rock on! Let's go, Cleveland! Yeah. What was it like? Hello, Cleveland. Yeah, it was something like that. Yeah, and and, and we never found out if they made it to the stage because we just cut to a diner. But this reminds I saw a, uh, an interview with Gene Simmons where he was talking about how uh, something like this happened to Kiss. They were on like the fourth floor of a building. That's where their dressing room was. So then they walked all the way down to the first floor because they thought that's where the stage was. And then he said, "And when we got down there, uh, we saw hey, we got down there. We saw that uh, we 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 noticed that they were are announcing you doing, are you doing us." Gene, Sim- Gene Simmons or Paul Stanley? Oh, I, well, no, this is this is Paul Stanley. You might as well just do Paul Stanley. Okay. Uh, he says, and then when we got to the first floor, we saw that uh, there was no stage there. We were really confused. And then that's when we heard them announcing us uh, from the second floor. Or something like that. <laughs> and I was just like, damn. That's the funny thing. It's if you look up interviews from like rock stars who have, or musicians who have seen this movie, they're all like, yeah, man, this shit is too, this shit hits way too close to home sometimes. <laughs> um, so then, hold on. Burp. So then we cut to the diner and everyone's talking about how this tour is cursed. It's like, you know what? This tour might be cursed. Uh, Janine is presenting, is trying to present them a new idea for a direction. A hey, new idea for direction, like on the middle of the tour. It's like, wait, yeah. why bring up random like art direction? Yeah, she's one of those really into astrology chicks. So she's trying yep. to be like, here, how about we dress you all you up in the signs of the zodiac? And, so, and it's like, um, okay. And and Dar- and David's like, this is a really great idea because it'll help us avoid the drabs, whatever that means. And then. Uh, Nigel, but then, cause I, I don't know, I think they were, they felt they were getting stale or whatever. Nigel has his own idea though, to spice things up. He's like, Stonehenge. Let's do Stone st- it. Stonehenge. Let's just do Stonehenge. And, and Ian's cool about the idea, but, uh, but David has some reservations. Mostly cause it's going against I just realized, did we miss like the show where they're like in the pods? I think that's next. Well, no, next would be Stonehenge. Or am I tripping? Oh my god, we forgot the fucking pods. Yeah, I don't remember when, but yeah, remember what that. What's w- that? I thought I, we went through everything. Oh, I, um, I, it was right. It was right after. Uh, it was right after the album cover reveal. Yeah, I know they play the show Shit. with the pods, and like Derek was stuck in his pod for the whole entire song. So, like, the lads got back in their pods, and then just, like, Derek pops out. Yeah, that scene was funny, because they're trying everything to get him out. They're, like, trying to, like, rearrange cables and wires. They're trying to, like, hit it with a hammer. They brought out a blowtorch. <laughs> yeah, torch. you just hear, like, a dung, dung. <laughs> while they're just, like, performing a fucking song. But then, um, yeah, you're right, because it does just go right to Stonehenge. Okay. Um, yeah, how, yeah, you just be like, they talk about Stonehenge. 
Marty then interviews Nigel, asking him if he feels like he can creatively express himself like the way he likes in the band. And Nigel says, well, you know, my, my solo is all my trademark. And we hear him play, in my opinion, a really terrible guitar solo <laughs> that good friend Dylan would say is terrible. <laughs> and he rubs his foot against another guitar and he takes up violin and he just rubs it against his own guitar and making noise, which I found out that's a shout out to Jimmy Page who did that. But he did that with like a violin string, like a violin bow. And to, to play, but, to, but that was to play an actual solo. Spinal Tap was like, fuck it. They just took the whole violin. And there's a part where he's rubbing. He takes off. He he retunes the violin. And then he just keeps rubbing. <laughs> it was so stupid. Um, Ian's in a meeting with a prop designer who has what? Who's, oh, yeah. So sorry. Well, it's like a model of like Stonehenge. Because I forgot. Nigel drew it on a napkin. And he wrote, and he wrote 18 on the yeah, side. he wanted to be 18 feet tall. And 18 e- f- yeah. And 18 feet wide. And Ian thinks he's looking at like a prop like stand-in, like to represent what it's gonna look like, but bigger. And the designer lady is like, I, I don't understand what what, what, are you, what are you talking about? This the- is this is what you ordered. He's like, Yeah, this what? is the prop. It was like, what? No, there's like you gave me instructions on this napkin right here. 18 inches by 18 inches. And he goes like what makes you think we wanted an 18 inch by 18 inch Stonehenge? Have you seen Stonehenge? He's like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, it's just silly. that's what he says. Have you seen Stonehenge? Have you seen Stonehenge? And then, uh, and he's like, and, he, and then, um, it's not 18 inches by 18 inches. And she's like, well, that's what it says on the napkin. And he's like, fuck the napkin. <laughs> and then we get them playing Stonehenge. That's right. Which is funny. Oh, God, yes. Oh, this is the one time we can actually think it. You know, just sitting there on the stage. Hundreds of years. He's dressed in a hood with eyeshadow on, by yep. the way. He looks amazing. Lived a strange race of people. The Druids. The Druids. No one knows, do they? What they were doing. But their legacy remains. Bro, Derek Smalls made an album? Into the living room. <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah! I guess Derek Smalls made an album. <laughs> Stonehenge. Should I play the whole song or? Uh, only if you want to. I was trying to find that Derek Smalls solo album. Dude, just look up Derek Smalls. Dang, you're tripping on the fact I found there's like Derek Smalls made a solo album. Oh yeah, it's right there. So anyway, this is uh, this is maybe the best song in the movie, but um. The real, the real magic of this of this scene comes at the end when. Uh, okay, so uh, this part goes hard. Not gonna lie, but anyway, 
near the end, they take the miniature Stonehenge model. Yeah. They like lower down, lower it down, <laughs> and then they have these like teeny like like druids dancing around it. And then Derek, wait, wait, was it Derek? No, Derek's the blonde. Yeah, no. I'm sorry, David's the blonde. I was like, who's the man singing? Uh, well, the main singer is is uh, is David, but um, the the brunette is Nigel. Yeah, so Nigel starts whipping a guitar solo, and he sees like these druids dancing. And he looks down and goes like. Wait, is that fucking Gar Stonehenge? And da- and David has the most appalled look on his face. It sells the whole thing. Yeah. And they're just disgusted. Oh my god. Um. Oh yeah, and then it's gonna get to it right here, but then I don't even. Then what's his name? Nigel plays like a little jig on a mandolin. Yeah. Oh, it's right here. It's right here. Yeah, no, this is when he starts playing on the mandolin. These little, like, druids are dancing around this fucking miniature Stonehenge, and then he's like, go realize. Wait, is that our fucking Stonehenge? And that's what he said. David was just go like, I was all appalled, just wide mouth, just going, what the fuck? And then, um, and then after that, hold yeah. on, let me, like, cut the song. Was yeah. that, like, the official song? Yeah. Oh, okay. You know, I, yeah, you know, there's like some actual Spinal Tap albums no, on like Spotify. No, I know that, but I thought at first, oh man, I thought at first you were playing the, uh, thought at first you were playing the movie version. So now they're back in the hotel and it's chaos. Everyone's mad at Ian. Well, okay, it's mostly Derek, sorry, it's mostly David and uh, Janine, but they're just going off saying how. You know, he needs help. He can't do this. He's like, well, I don't see why we why we should make such a big deal about it. And T- Davis says something like, well, maybe we should have made it big in the first place. We should have made it big because our fucking Stonehenge seemed like it was in fucking fear of it being crushed by a fucking little tiny <laughs> druid. Now, was it? And Ian is just like, hey, fuck you. It's like a hundred things go right. You focus on the one thing goes wrong. I'm the one running around looking, taking care of everything, making sure needs are met, looking for mandolin strings in Austin, Texas. Texas in the middle of the day and it's just like and and then this is where Janine and uh, David try to assume Janine to take on a role and help him basically co-manage the band and you know he goes on and sing. he's like I'm not going to run it with you because you know um, fuck you I quit and he leaves yeah bye bye and it's quiet and then Derek Smalls asks can I raise a practical question at this point David's like, yeah. Are we going to do Stonehenge tomorrow? I'm fucking not. We're fucking doing Stonehenge. No, we're not doing fucking Stonehenge. No, we're not doing fucking Stonehenge. (laughs) Died, dude. (laughs) It's so great. It's all about the buildup, the argument, and then the little bit of silence. And then the. Hey, can I ask a practical question? Are we doing Stonehenge tomorrow? No, we're not doing fucking Stonehenge. <laughs> oh, so and the yeah. actor for da- for David looks so like actually disgusted <laughs> with the question. It's so great. Then uh, David, uh, sorry, the next day Janine gets everyone playing tickets and 
she starts talking about more Zodiac shit. Mm-hmm. Nigel looks beyond not stoked. Yeah. Marty asks him, hey, has your relationship with David changed? He's just like, no, we we just grew up, but we're, we grew up. But we're closer than brothers. Yeah. And brothers fight. Cut to them arguing in the studio because David is messing up guitar parts that earlier in the day he was doing just fine. And and he feels that the subpar takes are ruining uh, the record. Oh, and they're arguing about David's playing ability. And I'm just like, I'm like two things. One, fuck, this is just like that part in the anvil. Dog. Oh, my God. I know when you said that, because I know they're in the studio. I remember just like, why are they just randomly in a studio right now? Aren't they supposed to be on tour? Yeah. And then I'm like sitting there as you're talking about, I was like, fuck, this is like freaking like the story of Anvil, the part where they were trying to record an album and there's like the biggest, most heated argument, like they're ready to just break up the band. It's a story of Toxic just, Wizard. <laughs> that was my first thought. It wasn't even Anvil. Anvil I thought about later. I literally wrote here, I'm like, oh wow, I've never been in this situation before. Oof. So then we cut to them landing in Seattle. They're going to an Air Force base. See, Nigel and the other band members don't know this, but Janine and David already heard the gig that they were going to do in Seattle got canceled. So now they're going to the air base as like a backup gig. Yeah. They get there and, oh, my God, I've been to senior citizen homes that are more lively than this. The army guy, who's the guy that we were talking about earlier we recognized, he welcomes them and says, okay, you guys go on in half an hour and play some slow, mellow songs. Hey, play some slow songs that I can get down and dance to. And then two seconds later, working on a sax farm. (laughs) And it's like everyone in the crowd is just like, oh, what the hell, bro? I'm going to plow your field. Who booked this fucking band? Uh, But there's a problem because Nigel's wireless thing. So actually earlier, because like Nigel brought up about like, so I like using like a a wireless radio setup for my guitar. It's able to send radio signals over to... Well, my amp would be, so it would be able to pay. Yeah, so during I the could, up to 11 scene. So I can walk around. Oh, okay, cool. Well, at the Air Force Base, where I'm sure a lot of like radio frequencies going on, this starts picking up random transmissions in the middle of his guitar solo. He just started going, like, wham, wham. Hey, uh, Br'er, are we good to land? Uh, what should we do? Uh, air traffic control, we have a little bit of turbulence. And a um, yes, we have, we see that there's a little bit of both. <laughs> yeah. In a rage, he rips the guitar off and um, he does like. Yeah, he just throws to the ground and just trots away. And like angrily stares at Janine while like trotting away. And we get told in the next scene how uh, Nigel quit the band. Um, Nigel quit the band. We cut to Marty asking David if Nigel's ever done anything like this before and what's next for the band. And David, I'm paraphrasing, but David basically goes, now, fuck Nigel. We fine. I won't miss him. There's been 37 band members. There's been 37 members in this band over the years. I won't miss Nigel. Yeah, but how do you, but all those people are short term. Like Nigel's been with the band since day one. He's like, I shan't miss him. I shan't like that. I shan't miss him. Now, then we cut to a fair in Stockton theme land in California, not Stockton. No, I'm thinking of Stockholm. Never mind. And then we see that there's a billboard there for the show they're doing. It says puppet show featuring Spinal Tap. And Janine's like, 
I told them to put Spinal Tap above Puppet Show. It's like, why are they playing on the same stage as a puppet show? I don't know. I think these bands. I think this band's a bunch of fucking losers. As the docu- rockumentary is presented, and then they have a pro- not Anvil losers. No, um, um, actually, no. You're right because in universe, Spinal Tap actually had hits. Yeah, in popularity and <laughs> popularity. So now they have a problem because they only have ten minutes worth of songs because. Most of the songs either heavily involve Nigel or Nigel wrote them. But then Derek Smalls has an idea, though. Jazz Odyssey. Hey, check it, check it. Jazz Fusion Odyssey. And, what? And, and David's like... We're not going to go out and do a fucking jazz set. So we're not going to go do a free-form jazz exploration, which I think got referenced in Guitar Hero 3 or one of the rock bands. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and it's hilarious because it's not even bad, but the crowd hates it. And David, yeah, there's like dudes there who's like, "Yo, we're here to, for some rocking tunes by Spinal Tap. What the fuck?" Yeah, and then there's a there's a shot where David just goes, "David's like, like you are witnessing the birth of Spinal Tap 2.0 or new Spinal Tap, whatever new Spinal Tap." Derek Smalls on the bass. Oh, ding, 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 ding. He wrote this. <laughs> And then uh, now we cut to them at a pool party celebrating the end of the tour. Okay. Okay. This part I will read verbatim. David gets asked, well, now the tour is ending. How do you feel? Are you going to try to milk the tour a little more in Europe? And David says, well, I don't think that can that the end can be assessed as of itself as being the end because what does the end feel like? It's like saying you try and extrapolate the end of the universe. It's like you say the end. If the universe is indeed infinite, then how does what does that mean? How far is all the way? And then if it stops, what's stopping it? And what's behind what's stopping it? So what's the end? What is the end? You know, that's my question to you. I'm sorry. I thought it was funny. <laughs> no, no, that's a good one. Then Derek goes up to David and tells him, he's like, mate, we had a 15 year ride. Who wants to be a fucking 45 year old rock and roller farting around in front of people half their age, cranking out mediocre head banging bullshit? It's like, Yo, well, Derek, what? a lot. I was saying, just think, this is now like actually a good time. We think of all those projects we think we want to try to do. Yeah. We've always talked about. Now we got time to do them. Yeah, 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 we could do that. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Yeah, I'm just saying, these could be brand new opportunities for us. And then and then we cut to them being backstage somewhere, and they're getting ready for their last show of the tour. They're getting ready to go, but then Nigel shows up out of nowhere. Oh, my God, what? it's Nigel, guys. Oh, my God, it's Nigel. He says, Ian called me. Sex fall. Such a stupid name. <laughs> Sex Farm is at the top of the charts in Japan. It's actually like top five in Japan, and it's actually doing well. And all, and Ian asked if uh, possibly we want to maybe get back together and actually go play in Japan. And I wrote here, holy shit, this is just like Anvil. Oh, my God, yeah. David gives him some attitude. He'd tell him how he's got some fucking nerve for showing back up. You got some fucking nerve to show him back up. And Spinal Tap leaves to do the show, but not before Nigel and David exchange a completely heterosexual four-long stare of prolonged eye contact. Mm. And Nigel's like, do a good show, David. And Dave's like, yeah, yeah, okay. Oh, yeah, okay. Did he say thanks or just yeah? No, he just said, 
Yeah, okay. Okay. And then they play their last epic rock show of the movie. Yeah, epic rock show. And then, like, Rise the Guitar Solo comes up. Nigel decides, fuck it. I'm going to just jump up there. And it starts doing the guitar solo. With radio interference, too. Yeah. And then it just switches over to them playing in Japan. Yeah. And And Shrimpton gets imploded. Yeah, Shrimpton spontaneously combusts, and he gets replaced with Joe Mama Besser. (laughs) I'm proud of my drummer being called Joe Mama Besser. I want to highlight a lyric here from this song. You're sweet, but you're four feet, and you still got your baby teeth. You're too young. I'm too well hung. Tonight, I'm going to rock you. Because I'm going to rock you. I'm, I'm going to rock you. I'm going to rock you. That's some Ted Nugent degeneracy. Dude, that is some Ted Nugent degeneracy. But yeah, uh, they play Japan. They're over. The show goes good. And uh, Shrimpton dies. And uh, they all live happily ever after. Yeah, I know. Oh, yeah. And yeah, that it just sounds like Deep Purple. And that and that was the movie. This is Spinal Tap. Yeah, I liked it. It was good. You know, it is a good movie to watch. As much as our review was a little chaotic, it's sitting there going, huh. Well, I wasn't expecting the Yoko Ono run in. <laughs> so I'm gonna run. And we talked about this off audio, but uh, you want to uh, you want to watch the 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 TV only sequel? Yeah. Okay, why not? Let's see what happened to the lads a year, ten years later. Yeah, I'm genuinely curious. Like, I'm sure. Sh- I don't know if it'll be as good as like this one, but well, I, I don't think it's in the Smithsonian, now is it? Well, I didn't even know it existed until a few days ago. So, yeah, no, I found it when I was like li- like googling up the movie too. I'm sure at the very least it'll have some good jokes. Oh, faith. Oh. Well, I guess that's the show, everybody. I guess that is the show. Well, listeners, this is the Triple D Radio Show with your host, James and Edward. I hope y'all have a good one. Uh, adios. Bye-bye. See you next week for Thelonious Monk. Thelonious Monk. <laughs>